We are a worldwide media organization, so we sent our trusty correspondent, Matt Ray, all the way from Australia to Detroit to cover KubeCon. And we're going to get into all the details of KubeCon. Uh, Matt has uh, watched uh, 700 sessions, processed every possible (laughs) thing that was announced. I I was everywhere at all times. Yeah, and you can ask him anything about Kubernetes or uh, the CNCF, and and he'll answer it correctly. So, I mean, of course, right? He's ready to go. But before we get to that, Matt... I wanted to, uh, you know, take a deep, brief detour into sports. You know, Kote's not here today, so we can yeah, talk sports. Yeah. But oh, I promise I like everybody that this will be very painless. If you're Wait, not we're not going to talk about the Lions, are we? No, no. If you're not in the sports, you're still going to relate. So, very uh, short story is uh, the Denver Broncos are playing an American football game in London this week. Their starting quarterback, his name is Russell Wilson. He's a starting quarterback. That's all you need to know. All you need to know is quarterbacks is an important position in football. That's it. You're now an expert on, at least for this story. So it was reported that the, uh, the Denver Broncos, of course, they flew, right? Not surprisingly, from Denver to London. It's an eight-hour flight. What was described was Russell Wilson is overcoming some injury. It's not relevant what it was. That it was reported, and he confirmed himself. So this is not made up. There's a press conference. You got that. That he worked out on the plane over in the aisle for approximately four hours doing stretching exercises, but the thing that I thought was most notable is he said he did high knees, high knees. So, you know, running (laughs) either in place or kind of like, you know, maybe a few yards where you're putting your knees up very, very high, usually hitting your your palms, right? Again, it's almost irrelevant what the exercise is. My question is, on your flight back to Australia, if someone did this, right, at what hour would you, would the crowd, would the passengers be like, we have to take this into our own hands? Like, it would become a Lord of the Fly situation where, like, people are like, we have to tie him up and uh, actually pin him down. Because the players, his teammates, were, were, you know, as again, as reported by him, that they were trying to sleep. Like, what most people do on a long plane ride is that's really what you should do is sleep. So I can only imagine this being an absolute nightmare on every conceivable level. So you, as a, someone's facing a 16 hour flight back to Australia, I just want to know what you would do and at what hour oh would you gosh. lead a revolt against this? Right. So it's, it's, it's uh, 16 hours and 45 minutes from <laughs> Dallas to Sydney. And uh, you know, I, 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 I try to get the aisle because I, I feel the need to get up and walk around a lot. My, my, I get, my legs get stiff, you know, I'm, sure. I, I'm not, I'm not like cramped in my seat. I'm not too tall for that, but uh, you know, you get a little stir crazy. You start to walk around. Uh, I, I usually try to take, you know, a solid uh, sleep, maybe half the time. And uh, you know, but it's, it's still such a long flight. You know, at one point, every time I fly, I, I just kind of like, this is my life now. I don't remember anything before or after. Sure. You I, have that question of like, what le- <laughs> what series of decisions led me yeah, to be in this uh, canister for an un- unbelievable yeah. amount of time. There's, right? there's nothing else you can do. You're like, you know, um, so uh, I don't do high knees. Um, but, but what I like to do is, is they, they have the, the, the little dividers. So they have yeah. in the middle, they have the, the two bathrooms, yeah. you know, where, and then they have like a little hall between them. It's yeah, kind of galley, like the galley, the little galley in there. there. So uh-huh. it's it's uh-huh. like you know it's like three feet across, but you're kind of you're no one can really see you when you're in that galley. Yep. So what I like to do is get in the galley and do like some some deep knee some squats uh-huh. and and stretch my legs out because you feel silly if you're doing it in front of like you know fifty or sixty people, right? So I like to get in that one private place that I actually have space, and that's where I do my I just stretch. I don't, I'm not doing high knees. 
I might do. But you are describing what I would consider (laughs) normal and practical advice for traveling. I think everyone does this. Like you're on a really long international flight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you get up. You even kind of look for like the long route to the to the laboratory, as they say. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I make I make it loops. Yeah, you make a little loop. You quietly walk. You try not to disturb anyone in the galley or in the flighted where the flight attendants yeah. are like maybe even there you just sort of like you do a couple you know deep knee bends a couple stretches just i mean gotta keep the blood flowing no one's against that but i'm just telling you if someone did high knees down the aisle <laughs> multiple times i i think i actually think for once that is a place where violence is not only um acceptable <laughs> it's required Right where um, I would be like, we 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 cannot have this for four hours. I cannot well, have see, see, people see. bouncing because also the plane sort of you know how it like it will kind of bounce. I don't know. You know what I mean? It was like it would be very know. unnerving. It, you know, but but it's not like those guys are flying economy, right? So I'm sure on that plane, every one of single one of them is like a first class, lie down. They've got space. He's probably not really bothering that many people. Oh, you know, I think you need to go to Twitter. I think I th- I, I think it's clear that wait the, wait wait. wait. The His players teammates are not on Twitter dragging him, are they? I would say it's it seems to be very clear that okay. the uh, that the teammates were not on board with this, right? This uh, isn't like, hey guys, I, I gotta go to this injury. I'll get in the back and I'll like you know make yeah, sure they, I stay they, out of the way. They, it they, seems they like it's like extra cycle he can work. Yeah, and I think there's a little bit of like you know I'm the you know starting quarterback. I, I this is what I gotta do, and there's a little bit like this is about me, right? I'm gonna tell a story about how committed I was, so. I think it's crazy. And listen, I just hope on your way back, no one does high knees down the middle. Now, if you choose, though, Matt, if if you choose to do the high knees yourself, please take some video of that. And I want to see how <laughs> your fellow passengers. See, that's the thing. Uh, I, would be, I, would, I would be discreet and hiding in that galley. <laughs> you right. know, Otherwise, I'm not, doing, I'm not doing high knees in, in, in a, an airplane bathroom. <laughs> that would be. That would be crazy. Well, that would be great. I hope uh, I hope future um, you know announcements come on uh, like they do. Like you know, hey, there's uh, no smoking in the bathroom. You can't do this. I hope someone comes on. It's like, uh, and there will be no high knees in the aisles while the plane is in flight. Like if that gets added to the uh, the announcement list, Russell Wilson has succeeded in something. So uh, <laughs> he's like the shoe bomber for high knees. It's true. All right. Well, we wish you luck uh, on your flight home. But before you go. Uh, I thought it would be good for you and I to get on and let's uh, cause you were there. You were the man, man of the people, yeah. the person of KubeCon, And I thought we'd kind of do a quick recap. What were the highlights? What were the lowlights? What does everyone need to know? So let's start with kind of the simplest thing here. Just, you know, I think we've done a bunch of conferences. Conferences have been back for a while, but what's, what was the overall vibe? You know, it's sort of like, this is one of the, the bigger post pandemic conferences. You know, I don't even know if post pandemic is really the right uh phrase but like you know it's like well people are traveling again maybe i should say it that way so so give me a sense like were there masks no masks they feel like pre-pandemic what were the changes give me give me your view of the vibe so so masks were required um and and they had some uh some fairly militant um conference workers who were you know yelling at people put your mask on and they were handing them out at the door so masks were required i think this is fallout from uh kubecon uh europe where, you know, the, the Kubkoff was a, a trending uh, hashtag. Um, I haven't seen that much here. Uh, you know, I've, I've got a little sore throat from talking all week, but, uh, you know, everyone kept their mask on. And, you know, that uh, I, I appreciate that. I mean, you know, somebody who's got to fly back and, and see their family, hopefully I don't bring anything back with me uh, besides, you know, 
t-shirts. And so, so master <laughs> what about like show floor setup, anything unusual or was that pretty? Um, I mean, the, the, you know, the, the conference was a uh, four story, it, you know, the uh, Detroit convention center, the Huntington convention center is a huge place. Um, but uh, it was pretty easy to find things. Everything was well laid out. You know, the, everything ran like really well. I, I didn't hear any rumblings of like, you know, Oh, there were, you know, they messed up lunch for everybody or the meals were bad. It like, seemed like there was always, you know, plenty of everything everywhere. And uh, I didn't hear a lot of complaints, which is impressive. You know, I which mean, my, always, hey, man, like, yeah. even the best conferences are complaints. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I probably missed you know, what everyone was complaining about. But, uh, you know, the, <laughs> the, the and the and the 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 booths area, um, <clears throat> I can't really complain, but there it was huge. There were so many booths. Uh, maybe there were 100 or more, um, maybe maybe 150. Uh, it, it reminded me of reInvent where you like, and around this block, um, you know, it's just block after block of, 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 uh, booths. And then, um, because it was a CNCF event, they actually had like micro booths for, you know, like 40 of the projects. So, um, I'll be sure to, uh, make sure next KubeCon <laughs> there's an open cost one and I get to go stand by myself at my little tiny booth. That'd be perfect. Yeah. Very. Yeah. Okay. And what about like, what about just overall, like everybody's, uh, every you know i guess we'll call it the overall mood there where like was it sort of like hey like a reunion kind of vibe we're all back together or was it sort of like no no we've been traveling a while it's just kind of back to like normal conference I mean, mundane talk like what, what what's what's the overall mood of the attendees i mean i think everyone seemed generally uh you know well there were the, i mean there was definitely the vibe of like it's good to be back and seeing people um you know the i didn't hear a lot of complaining about masks and i'm i'm happy for that again um I felt like it made it made me feel a lot more comfortable, uh, you know, being there. And you know, everyone seemed glad to be together. Uh, you know, I, a lot of catching up with lots of old friends. I mean, you know, I've been doing this for a while, so you know, I people everywhere. Um, I got to meet half of the Cloudcast, um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> which half? Which half of the Cloudcast did you meet? <laughs> I. Uh, it wasn't Brian. <laughs> oh, Aaron. Aaron. Oh, Aaron. Oh, my gosh. All right. So, well, Brian, so Brian, Brian has said, he yes. said in the Slack that he, he wondered if you were a real person. So, right. Just... Exactly. Exactly. So, so, uh, you know, the, the, and the solo IO booth was not that far from the Kubka's booth. So, mm-hmm. uh, we, we, you know, ships passed. I like how you night. came, uh, I don't know, t- maybe tens of thousands of miles and we're probably just a booth or two away, but nope. Didn't happen. All right, next well, time. Yeah, well, you know. we have met before, but uh, well, there's they, always KubeCon yeah. EU, so maybe yes, maybe, yeah. so maybe so they, it will. It'll you got KubeCon EU in Amsterdam next year, and they announced uh, Chicago will be hosting the next uh, North America. Oh, nice. So yeah, I okay. think it's November sometime. You know, late November mm-hmm. of uh, 2023. So we can finally have the showdown: Detroit versus Chicago style pizza. Oh, I like it. I like it already, man. Talk about like, all right, bring it, Chicago. You better step up your game. All right. Well, you know, of course, I uh, watched the conference from afar, which means I basically read Slack and Twitter to see what was going on. That's like. <laughs> well, uh, did, did did you sign up for the streaming stuff? Um, did I sign up? Yes, I did sign up. Did I go to everything? No, probably not. So, but that's right, that's right. why we sent you. That's uh, oh, okay. More, well, good. More important. Now, I did, but I I thought this was an interesting way to kind of frame it. I think there were like. Potentially, I want to throw out two broad ways to categorize the conference and see you know, what you think. So on one hand, it, someone sort of said, hey, is this just becoming like OpenStack 
Big Ten 2.0, you know, 81 sandbox projects, 37 incubating projects, where it's just like, I think broadly technology for technology sake and everything's just exploding. So that's sort of like, let's make that one extreme. And the other extreme here would be, no, lots of stuff is happening. This is really, KubeCon is really the open source AWS reInvent. Using reInvent there is just sort of like, the biggest, most popular conference in tech going, right? Where like pretty much it's impossible to go. They sell at Las Vegas, but there's lots of business happening, you know, right? There's lots yeah. of reasons people are doing that. So if those are the uh, two poles, if I sort of kind of throw that out there, like where do you come down? Is it like, how do you see the conference? Um, I, I I mean, I, I definitely spent a lot of time in the OpenStack community uh, back in the day. I think... Um, I, I, I hate to throw shade, but I mean, I think the thing that really sets it apart is there are a lot of customers. There are a lot of users of, of Kubernetes. And, um, you know, I went to a, a couple of sessions and uh, when, you know, actually, because I, I got to go as media, I got to go to some of the analyst stuff. And, you know, there were questions about like, right along those lines. And, you know, I, I think the best answer, you know, because somebody was like, how is how is an enterprise supposed to make sense of you know, a hundred some projects, you know, how are they doing that? And, you know, the, when the gentleman on stage said, you know, it's, it's not up to us to solve that. You know, we're here to make sure that there is a healthy open source ecosystem and, you know, somebody, probably a vendor will be happy to put those things together for an enterprise in a consumable format. You know, so you got your open shifts, you got your, your Tanzas, you know, you got a, a number of distros, all the all the cloud vendors are are you know they are distros. It's just you know they're hosted, and then you know uh, uh, somebody somebody else in the in the session like you know raises hands like well I'm a customer, and you know this does not scare us. You know we 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 don't we want open source because we we can't sit around and wait on things. You know we can't wait on our procurement. If we need to get access to something, if we need it today, we can start moving on it, and you know it'll be nice to get vendor support. But we want to move fast. And the nice thing, you know, paraphrasing this guy's comments, was, you know, the nice thing for us is pretty much wherever we go, there's going to be somebody exploring the space related to, you know, Kubernetes and, and the, the CNCF landscape. And I, I mean, that's, you know, it's a double-edged sword, of course. But, you know, uh, there's definitely a lot of customers, uh, you know, using Kubernetes. And there are, you know, there's a lot of vendors in the space. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're sorting it out in the open, which is, you know, the benefits of open source. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the part, I mean, it's encouraging to hear that, right. Cause I think, you know, lots of people, yourself included, right. Sort of like it's, it did seem like, you know, at some point, you know, open stack, that conference sort of kind of like lost its focus. Right. So what your, your opening comment there around like, well, there's lots of customers and if there's lots of customers, then, you know, you're at least a lot closer to the right place. Maybe not all 37 incubating projects and 81 sandbox projects are going to be successful, but you know, there's people and customers kind of driving uh, the need for that kind of stuff. So that's a much mm -hmm. better starting point than like, well, Oh, and, like here's that's the, you, uh, the latest project that I just started up. Go ahead. Yeah. And that's how you get out of the sandbox is you show, you know, adoption and more than one company behind it. Right. So you have to get other people collaborating on it and you have to get people using it. And so, you know, uh, hopefully I can uh, help move open cost out of the sandbox, but uh, you know, that's, that's what, uh, that's what it's all about is getting users to actually use the software and solve real problems with it. All right, good. All right. So good. Sounds like, all right. So then we're going to give a big thumbs up then. Good job. 
KubeCon. <laughs> Keep the customers flowing. Don't like, you know, if you ever go to a conference and you can't find any customers, you're just talking to your friends that you know at other vendors, probably time to go home. Probably time to just, uh, you know, go, go you're home. You're not going to get a lot different. of, not going to get a lot of leads from your friends. Yeah. Not going to your MBR, your conference readout report, not going to be good. So good. Okay. All right. So that's good. All right. So I'm glad to hear that customer driven. Nice. Uh, the other thing that sort of popped up a bunch, like I saw a lot of WASM, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of talk from different vendors, uh, just about WASM in general. So what's your take was WASM all over this conference like, oh yeah is it getting uptake is it uh is this top-down push or is this bottom-up customer driven what, what do you think well so so the uh the cncf actually did a uh micro survey that came out uh or they did the survey last month and and um and you know released the results uh, right at the beginning of the conference of uh there was a micro survey and you know it, it's it's they they don't sugarcoat it, it it's kind of mixed results um there's a lot of immaturity in the space. You know, a lot of people are waiting on a better developer experience, better runtime experience. Um, there are a lot of new vendors in the, you know, a lot of little companies that are trying to, you know, monetize Wasm and, uh, you know, good luck to them. I think we saw, uh, you know, um, funding announcements from Fermion and Cosmonic. Um, you know, they raised a bunch of money. Uh, I don't know, you know, I, there is a disconnect in like how many people are actually using it. It, it sounded like, um, you know, there's still a learning curve to adoption and, and, or there's still just barriers to adoption. And so, um, you know, it might still be a ways out and, and that's, you know, kind of the survey results uh, reflected that. Um, so there were a lot of sessions about it. There are a lot of people talking about it, but I don't think there's a lot of customer adoption yet. And okay, so, so still early on. So I guess, yeah. you know, we should have probably said it like WebAssembly, probably the, the more natural way to say yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. WASM is, is WebAssembly. It's it's a way to, uh, it's a, a, a um, you program in your language of choice. Uh, you know, the, the best supported ones right now are Rust, uh, JavaScript, and Go. Um, and then you target compiling to uh, WASM bytecode which gives you bytecode kind of like back in the, the old Java days where you'd compile to bytecode and then the WASM uh, virtual machine, uh, or it's not a virtual machine, but you know, the, the WASM um, uh, middleware essentially uh, runs that compiled bytecode for you. And so it's a, it's basically a microservices or, you know, almost a serverless platform uh, with a really good security model and um, it's cross platform. So I could, you know, write my go app, and compile it to uh, Wasm, and then I can go run it on an ARM box. I can go run on x86. I can go run it on Windows. I can run it on Linux. You know, whatever, wherever I need to, to put it, I can run it on my CDN. You know, like Fastly or or uh, whatever, because they support Wasm too. All right, so but look, can... before we, so I think we kind of all, at least at least the, the initial premise of like, hey, write it, and it compiles, it runs super yeah. fast. We all get it. so. The question I have, and I guess this is, I would like to kind of you know hear about like what people are saying now. Are people saying like, hey, pack like don't use containers. Basically, just run, you know, just package up your your WebAssembly app the right way, and then run it on my WebAssembly, you know, platform. Let's just call that. Or yeah. is this going to be just another way uh, available to you to like, you know, yeah, write it all in WASM, get it working, and then just throw it in a container, and you can just like you know, run it in the container. Like which, like which solution is being discussed there? Um, I mean, d d definitely both. Uh, you know, one of the 
uh, one of the li- links we had on our last show was uh, a discussion about uh, folks moving from serverless back to containers and, you know, kind of the downfalls. And the exact same stuff applies to Wasm. So, you know, right now it, it kind of exists out of your, you know, quote unquote standard CI, CD container workflow that people are used to. And so it's like, it's a different way of doing things and it's not fully integrated. And so you might have some growing pains. And so I think the, you know, the same, you know, we'll throw that in the show notes, but I think the same hesitations will be there. Um, you know, there, there are definitely already stories around Wasm and I think it'll continue to, to, you know, improve, but uh, you know, it was just a tapping of the brakes. Okay. All right. So I think we're going to put Wasm on or WebAssembly on wait and see. We're going to check in a little bit. We're going to see. It's like, okay. do Because I think serverless is sort of like, I, you know, we haven't, you know, maybe you can kind of clue in on that. Was that talked about? I feel like serverless has faded a little bit. Like, I feel like it was sort of like, it was a big push. Like, this is the future. We all read uh, Simon Worley. We saw all the videos. And then it was like, whoop, wait a minute. Not going to be as easy as we thought, right? Maybe it's going to be a little bit more uh, niche. Or uh, maybe, maybe maybe we're in the yeah. trough of disillusionment. We are. We could be there. We, I feel like I live in the trough <laughs> right, of disillusionment. I'm always there, but like you could. But be, that's the thing. I, I mean, there. I don't think there's a lot of story. I mean, we. You know, I mentioned that that tweet about someone moving back to containers, but I think that's a very rare occurrence. I mean, I, I think people using Lambda and, and serverless technologies are generally pretty happy once they get there, and and so there might be a slowing of adoption, um, but I don't think it's going to be a pullback. You know, I, I think it's just, you know, the, the hype train, it's died down. The technology is established um, and people will continue to use it. And I feel like Wasm is, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll follow those same patterns. Yeah, I think maybe it's, it w- yeah, it's, it's going up to uh, inflated expectations, right? That's kind of what you're cautioning. It's like, okay, it's new, it's hot, everyone loves it. And then, you know, it, it, it'll ride the wave. So I think that's, that's good. It's very sage. Uh, pragmatic punditry right there you know you've, you've you've nailed it right it's like yeah okay let's just wait and see no no reason to get too excited no, yeah. no reason to get too down on anything it'll it'll all work out I'm not, okay i'm not crying about facebook that's right <laughs> okay all right um what about kind of continue on with some of the themes what about like you know we talked about the customers but like who ultimately someone has to be making money i know that's sort of like hate <laughs> break it to everyone like at some point even the open source like someone has to be making money so was it apparent cool. to you like a set of vendors consultants like is it or is the money just being made by people adopting it for their business functions like some uh you know some type of things like was it clear to you like who's making money well i mean we saw the cloud earnings this week you know clearly Mm -hmm. aws and azure and google are making money Mm -hmm. Um, and i assume they all had some kind of presence they were all there oh oh, yeah one way or the other you know Mm -hmm. um they all had you know large booths lots of uh lots of folks there and uh you know big parties um you know i i think Definitely, cloud vendors are making money. Uh, I there were a lot of booths, and I, I, I mean, you know, kind of in a uh, a Schadenfreude kind of way. I don't know. Oh, it's not. I'm not happy about it, but I, I would like to see like the Venn diagram of vendors who go from you know from EU to North America to EU to North America and see like you know how many are new, how many aren't there, because. You know, uh, a, little were, churn, a little churn, a little churn. Yeah, like, I would like to see the, in, the, the churn rate, right? I mean, because because mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, I bet that you know some some percentage. I, I, I'm not, you know, I have no idea. You know, ten percent, fifteen percent, you know, might not be at the next one. And you know, of that those that don't make it, how many just they didn't? You know, it wasn't worth their time, or how many went out of business? Because it's a lot of tiny startups, and, and as you walk, you know, through the literally hundreds of booths, you're like. 
how do these folks, you know, stay, stay abroad, you know, stay, stay with their head above the water. Cause I mean, it's, it's as a vendor, it's, it's not the cheapest conference. Um, you know, I, I heard a couple of folks complain about the price, but I mean, it is a big conference and, you know, a lot of, a lot of qualified leads, you know, came through the door as a vendor. So, you know, uh, Kukos was happy. Um, but I could see if I was a smaller vendor and I, you know, shelled out a lot, like it's hard to find your niche, especially if you are, you know, um, you know, some of these esoteric technologies that, you know, they're, they're, they're on, you know, they're on the landscape, but you know, they need to, their customers are going to have a hard time finding them. Well, I'm sure, you know, uh, through some very scientific polling I did by, and I mean, I read one, uh, Slack message in SCT Slack. Uh, someone said, I won't, I won't out them, but you could join the Slack to see it. Somebody said, well, there's like 12 vendors for every conceivable project or technology. So it's like, whatever's (laughs) there, it's like, there's like 12 versions of it. And so that's, you know, we know, just uh, as you were kind of talking about technology uh, life cycles, like we know a lot of these companies will either be acquired up or like fade away. And, and then, you know, you, you just kind of need to like, it's usually every category can really absorb like three, maybe five, like relatively big vendors before it just becomes too much. Right. It's just mm-hmm. uh, so, so if you're thinking about churn, I think that would be a good chart to see like kind of the churn rate, like, you know, how many people just. Yeah. Drop I, I, I'm completely. I'm sure the CN7 is not going to release that. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, I, mean, I think you answered your original question. Like we talked about the cloud earnings already. It's like, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you know, even with things down, right? I mean, we're still pushing like, you know, just AWS is a hundred billion dollar, if not more run rate. And then, you know, Azure and Google right behind. So, I, you know, I think whether that's good or bad, right? A lot of this technology will ultimately find its way into the some type of cloud service, right? Yeah, and somebody's going to make money from that. I mean, I mean be... there there was a tremendous amount of recruiting going on. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I did. Are... I saw like the job boards. They like I guess we could write like jobs. That was that was actually I, I actually was excited to see that because it feels like all we hear about is the doom and gloom and layoffs and stuff. So it was nice yeah. to see like some boards filled with uh, oh yeah yeah good places to work. I mean, you know, we, we did some recruiting, uh, you know, I talked to a lot of folks, um, you know, I had people come in asking me if I was looking and, you know, it's, it's always just funny. Cause like, dude, you know, I'm at my booth. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. I know you can't say it, but like, yeah, we're always looking. Everyone's always looking. Don't say that a lot. Don't tell I'm anyone. Uh, I'm yeah. going to speak for every employee everywhere. We're always, always looking, except when we're with our employers and we're not looking at all. Then we're very exactly. happy where we're at. So, okay. All right. Well, uh, what about, you know, security? Any news on uh, security? It's always a popular yeah, theme. I mean, Are we the- more secure or do we just get more security products? Whew. Uh, I mean, there, there were definitely a lot of security vendors. Um, you know, a, a very popular topic is uh, SigStore. You know, the the whole like tool chain around signing your code and you know releasing a, a soft uh, a software bill of materials. So the S bombs. Um, so I think uh, you know the folks at ChainGuard, their booth. Every time I walked by, I had you know a lot of people around it. Uh, those are probably one of the the bells of the ball. Um, you know, they they always had a lot of folks. Um, you know, there there are, were just a tremendous number of security companies there. I think. Uh, uh, you know, kind of a, a funny story. There was a, a rumor going around that um, Casson, uh, which is a like a, I think they do like secure backups. Uh, they company owned by Veeam. Their party, it was rumored that Eminem was going to be there, and so like a, a whole because uh, it was at, oh, because like, he's the, from Detroit, right? Yeah, he's from okay. Detroit, and it was yeah. at the theater in the movie. Apparently, uh, you know the where you know they have the the big uh, rap showdowns. Yeah, and so like you know, everyone's like, Oh, we got to go to the party. And, and then 
he wasn't there. Uh, uh, a a a an Eminem lookalike showed up for them and uh, got booed. And Traffic. so now, I mean, the funny thing is, people are like, "I'm not very happy with Castle." <laughs> and and you know that honestly, that should not affect your thoughts about their software one way or another. But it was just funny that like. You got to be careful when you get people's expect. Yeah, and I don't even know if they spread that rumor, right? And I manage expectations. Well, so, you can so, see how it happened. Somebody said like, "There's going to be an Eminem, whatever impersonator, right?" That and then yeah. it, it, somebody just hears Eminem, and you're in Detroit, and the next thing you know, or, or if you're their competition, you're like, "I hear at their party, they're going to have, you know, uh, you know, Taylor Swift and Eminem are going to do a duet, and like, you know, the whole crowd is going, you know, the whole conference is going to try to get to this thing that's going to be, you know, all over the news the next day. And of course, that didn't happen. So right now, I'm just envisioning the scene from Eight Mile where Eminem is doing the rap battle in like uh-huh. the basement, and then oh, that, the it was crowd is jumping yeah, yeah, yeah. right, and yeah. there's like, and the music is you know pumping, and I'm just like, wow, what would that look like at the CNCF? Probably not. Good. Yeah, well, you know, probably probably be like a very a it would crowd. be a bad scene. I think a bad scene and like. Just not fun to watch. But <laughs> so, so that's the 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 humor. Uh, you know, I don't know. That was one of the funny stories. Who's the guy that's Google Forest? He's the one that does the piano stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah. Listen, if he listens to the show, what we want next is a rap battle version of CNCF. If you can do some of the eighty-one sandbox projects and thirty-seven incubating projects, work that into some type of rap battle. That, my friend, that will go viral. That's some TikTok gold right that, there. That, that, yeah, that's like uh, some we didn't start the fire kind of nonsense. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. And then so that's a little bit on security. And then what about, you know, you wrote in here in our uh, extensive show notes, like, well, what's up with operators? What, what, are people not caring about the operators? Like, I, I feel like operators always cared about. You, you, seem to, you seem to be hesitant about that. What's going on? Um, well, you know, one of the one of the things that really kind of came up back in the OpenStack days uh, was the fact that like code was coming out so fast that um, the people actually running the code had a hard time keeping up with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and, you know, I, I just kind of threw this in there to see, you know, what people thought about it. And I, you know, I was asking around and for the most part, people, there's not as an aggressive push to run the latest versions of, of, of Kubernetes. So, uh, 125 is the most current, you know, uh, major release. And I don't think any of the, the cloud vendors or any of the major clouds um, are running it yet. And, and you know, uh, you know, and, and for example, uh, uh, with KubeCoff's product, uh, you know, a couple of folks opened bugs that, you know, there's some change in 125 that, you know, stopped something, started throwing a bunch of warnings and, you know, we've, we fixed it. But the point was we're like, we're fixing it, but the people running this are generally not, you know, the big, the big shops. And, you know, most people are fairly conservative about rolling things out. And because Kubernetes is such a a well-established set of APIs and generally has, you know, people kind of understand how it works now. It's not too bad for operators. I mean, it's, it's a huge pile of, of code and, you know, but, uh, more effort has been put into it. So I, I, I kind of asked around to see if there was, you know, operator discontent. And I think. First of all, let me not... answer the question. Yes, there is. There's always. That, well, yeah, discontent. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you have to like, that's a heavy curve you're grading on. Right. So go yes. ahead. But, but I think most people are consuming it rather than running it. And so they don't see a lot of the toil. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. That's a good thing though. Right. I think that's, I mean, that's what we want. Right. I mean, ideally, yeah. right. This is, 
you know, you know, it's the whole joke, right? It's the platform, right? People are taking care of all that stuff. So, all right. So we'll say uh, a little less operator discontent. I'm never going <laughs> to write. There was no operator discontent. If there is, if you ever have a project and there's no operator discontent, it means you've turned off all the servers and nothing's happening. It's just perfect, right? Because that's that's the only way you would achieve it. All right. Well, those are some of the good themes. So, all right, Matt, we'll we'll go a little hurry up here. I think I'm, we'll do kind of. Uh, Maybe we'll do kind of, I don't know, five, ten, uh, like uh, what we call lightning questions for you to, to, to take us out, to see what's going on, uh, and to make us all feel like we experienced three days, you can experience it in the next 15 minutes. So we'll start with like every conference starts with a keynote. So give me your keynote takeaway. What was good? What was bad? <laughs> what, what was, uh, what did you like? Um, so, so, you know, the, uh, you know, this is something I picked up from Kote, a little pro tip for watching keynotes. They're streamed online. You can watch them from your hotel room. So, you know, um, generally every morning I did the uh, the fun run and then I'd come back and have a nice long breakfast and watch the keynotes. So mm-hmm. uh, uh, that worked out really well. Um, you know, the I'm not going to say, you know, the, the keynotes, they were keynotes. You know, it's like you, you pull out your, you know, a couple of, uh, you know, the platinum people all get their speaking time and it wasn't super those you know didn't light my fire yeah you know. those are definitely not the stars of the show You're not yeah those are there, not the stars of the show but and they help pay for the reason the conference exists so we all you know yes and uh you know they they gave uh you know updates about you know numbers and you know things that people are excited about and you know they were keynotes they, now what about they, updates about the projects you seem like there was a little speed round of like they did yeah a little project like an update on that that sounds like yeah they, they actually they I, I i i like that section i mean i I saw people like, whew, this is, this is a bit much, but essentially like, you know, 40 or 50 projects got to have a slide and they're like, you know, in the last six months, this is what's been up. And, and so, you know, some of them, uh, you know, tried to cram a lot into their slide. And some of them were like, you know, Hey, we put out two releases and all's good, you know, need more people. Um, and, you know, I think, uh, I don't remember who it was, but, you know, they're, they're, they said their goal was to put out the most boring releases ever. And, you know, that's appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's so, showing your audience. So right I, there. I like uh-huh. I liked it because, you know, they, they, they spent, you know, two, two or three minutes on a bunch of projects. Yeah, or, right, like, well, know. that's kind of Jassy style. I, I think we're always yeah, fans I, of that. Like Jassy's like, I'm going to go through the 700 new services and exactly. give you two points about each one. And it's like, you know, I've come to the point where I'm like, it's a lot, but I actually like it better than the customer stories. We're like, there was a problem. And then we fixed the problem and then yeah. and the product we used was great. It's like, okay, I just, just give me the fire hose. So it's good. All right, good. Good job uh, on that part of it. We should, we should recommend KubeCon. Keep doing that. Keep, give us uh, the fire hose of updates. All right, now moving on. So as keynote sessions, that's always an important topic at a conference. What were uh, maybe the two or three sessions that stood out to you? Um, well, you know, because I came as media, I got to go to some of the media analyst sessions. Um, those were generally pretty good. You know, they got, uh, uh, like panel discussions, you know, the future of of, of uh, uh, Kubernetes or future cloud native, and uh, you know, t- uh, stories from from the customer and users, and um, those were good. Uh, you know, that's not the general audience. So the the sessions that uh, I went to, um, I, you know, I didn't get to go to too many uh, because you know, booth duty and and you know, all the other uh, responsibilities, but. Uh, I went to a Prometheus talk that uh, it was kind of just a, a quick overview of what Prometheus is, what they've been up to the last year. And then, uh, you know, and it, it was good. I mean, I, you know, I, I use Prometheus day to day. So I was like, you know, I just like to hear what's new. And 
but uh, the the best part was when they opened up the Q and A. Um, you know, the somebody raised their hand. Their first question was like, you know, I, I opened issue three throughout, you know, thirty seventy seven. Um, can you please uh, update my bug? And <laughs> in this room of like you know two or three hundred people, the guy was like trying to get them to fix his issue, and that he'd opened like two days before or something. And it was just, it was pretty pretty funny. But uh, you know, they they. Uh, you know, that was a good session. I went to, uh, a while, you know, I, I caught a WASM session or two. And uh, it's, you know, they were generally, you know, hey, we're, our heads are still down. We're going to keep going at this. Uh, you know, uh, Docker talked about their, uh, uh, they've added WASM support to uh, uh, Docker desktop. So if you want to get playing with it, um, you know, you can definitely start working on that. So, you know, that, that, I mean, I, I didn't catch a whole lot. I'm, I'm hoping to catch some of them on uh, on rerun. Watch them online, right? Yeah, yeah watch them online. Like, uh, that's uh, how it does. Okay, what about, uh, you said you're at the media sessions. Like, you've hit on a couple of them already. Was there any, like, important, like, media topic that maybe comes up to the media but doesn't necessarily make its way to the, the general population? Like, you know, if you will, reveal behind the curtain. What do they tell the media? <laughs> um, I mean, they, they did a quick... Uh, you know, breakdown about CNCF financials and, you know, um, if I was a reporter, you know, because there were like, you know, real reporters and Mm -hmm. there who, you know, were asking questions about, you know, well, you guys, you know, said you were going to, you know, raise this much money and, you know, where did, you know, but, you know, it was nice to see behind the curtains on some of that, you know, because, because, you know, most people don't see the, the, you know, the amount of uh, PR uh, work that's that's happening in the background. I mean, obviously, you know, we catch it on like, you know, Twitter and, and uh, you know, in, in, in the press releases and news that comes out. But behind the scenes, of course, there's, you know, they're, they're pitching to analysts, they're pitching to, to press, they're, you know, they're trying to, you know, shape the narratives that they want us to, to talk about. So, uh, you know, that, that was entertaining. Yeah, right, I like it. And, and we scenes. are, right? Uh, you know, we're talking about the WASM report. We're we're talking about, you know. Yeah, yeah. it worked. It worked. We talked about it. So it's like, all right, good. All right, what about, you mentioned this, so it sounds like traffic was good at the show floor. Maybe the most important thing is, you, did you make your lead goal? Did you guys, oh, yeah. did, uh, did you get your <laughs> the right amount of qualified leads? Or were you, yeah, at the yes. end, were you just like, listen, here's the scanner. Just, we got to, not that I've ever done this, but you ever like, we got to get these numbers up. You just got to no, get out there no, and start no. scanning. No, we, we, uh, our, our, our VP of sales said, I'd like to see, you know, this many, uh, leads. And, mm-hmm. uh, I think we, we were like 10 short at the end of the second to last day. So we hit it this morning, mm-hmm. all good. Uh, we still had some t-shirts left. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, we, I, it was, you know, kudos to our uh, event planners. You know, we had the right amount of swag, didn't have to take too much away. We got the leads we wanted. Um, great, you know. great. That's awesome. Well, listen, I'll, let me tell you, preview the feedback that the VP sales can give you. It's like, these, these are just not qualified people. I don't know why I don't understand <laughs> what, what we're, what we're doing at these shows. So, so no matter what happens, even if you go on to uh, sell your company for billions of dollars, the VP of sales, well, that's what they always say. It's like, I just don't get it. Like, what are we doing at these conferences? We should have more qualified leads, but, but that's, no, that is more. feedback that test that is no matter what conference you go to. Well, the, 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 the best thing is we had, uh, uh, one of the, uh, uh, inside sales guys who, you know, qualifies leads and calls them up and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and so he was working the booth. Right. And so right. he was like, you know, 
being very diligent about filling in all the fields because he's the one who has to eat the spreadsheet, yeah, it's, right? It's his data, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that talk about someone motivated, right? That, that's a motivated person to make sure the the data is good. So, all right, good. Um, and then uh, best uh, best swag was there anything that stood out as like a a great giveaway? Um, I mean, you know, there were lots of uh, you know, GoPro, any raspberry pies? Or, that, oh, that yeah, been there was some thing. raspberry pies. The okay, the good. home. Home Depot was giving away, I think, a Raspberry Pi cluster. So not right. not just one, but multiple. Yeah, um, for those you know, that don't know, Home Depot, big digital operations group. So yeah, they're, all, yeah. they're at all these shows. They're always hiring, and they did they wear the uh, the orange vest? They usually wear. Uh, it, yeah, I, I think I saw some of that. All right, but good. Uh, but you know, the, also for those who don't know, Raspberry Pis are like sold out worldwide. So oh. uh, if you have one just sitting around, you could probably go on eBay and sell it for more than you paid for it. Now you should have told me this before. Now you should have you should have stocked off. You should have been like, I gotta get, I gotta go to everybody that's giving a well, raspberry pie. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I didn't know a pandemic was coming, um, but uh, yeah. Uh, so swag wise, um, a switch, a console, an Xbox. Any, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, those, those uh, were like iPhone, yeah, uh, like uh, AirPods, anything like that. Yeah, all that. Yeah, I think uh, one of my coworkers won AirPods, uh, so you know, l- lucky her. Um, you know, I, I generally. Uh, shy away from from too many getting too much lead gen so uh i didn't grab a lot of swag myself i grabbed a uh i grabbed a coop cost t-shirt uh, long sleeve women's shirt for my daughter so she'll, nice. she'll enjoy that but uh i'm not bringing a lot of swag back i don't think um i got some 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 gloves uh because um it's cold and you know it the, the the fun run so so this is another one of those so this like, is like the best activity detail. right you sounds like the best activity you're gonna say was the run this year well I, i'm 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 you know i'm uh you're on the healthy side you're i'm on, on the, the well i'm, I'm you're on the training, morning side morning person uh, i'm training for a uh, a half trail marathon so um i needed to, to do some running and mm-hmm. you know they they organized there's a local running group uh called we run 313 you know the, the area code and mm-hmm. those guys were out every morning at 7 a.m Okay. And the sun is not up at 7 a.m. And so it was uh, for for uh, everyone outside the U.S., it was three degrees. For those of you inside the U.S., it was 36, 37, Ooh. 38. Man, you got to want and, it. That's yeah, a- yeah. So, you know, I went back and I got my hoodie and my uh, my my hat, but my hands were covered. And so I grabbed some some gloves. Somebody had gloves as swag. So most useful swag right there. All right. You know, what what in doubt? Sometimes the 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 swag that people are going to want is just the stuff that's super useful that nobody well, else has. Gloves, well, well, pens. I mean, the board yes. stuff sometimes works well, out. Well, as as we talked about last show, um, you know, my my luggage didn't make it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so I had about you know twenty you were twenty close. hours. You were close to full line. So I was uh, about to go and, and, and let me tell you, I could have outfitted myself completely, except for underwear. I don't think I saw any underwear. All right. Well, let's, but leave, I saw, that. I saw let's leave that topic there. Let's. Uh, <laughs> I think we're ready to move on. I, I could have had gloves, <laughs> gloves and sweatpants, and, and definitely t-shirts and hoodies. Okay, but uh, well, there's something for the sponsors to take into. And All scarf. right. Final question then uh, before we wrap up here. So you know, just like everyone's always ready, looking for the new new thing. So was there a breakout topic, a breakout company, a breakout person? Like something that you're like, this is the, like, you know, if we were like at a music festival, you're like, you're not going to believe it. I just saw this new person coming up and they're going to be, you know, super big in five years. Anything like that on your radar? No. <laughs> no. no. I mean, uh, Gamble. I, Word is uh, Gamble is going to be huge. Was anything like nothing? 
Whew, uh, the the guys behind the Q language had a booth, um, which right. is part of the the Dagger IO stuff. So they're making a company out of uh, a, a config language, I guess. Okay, I, but I, right. I I don't know. I don't know if that's a breakout thing. I just I found that a little interesting. All right, well, this is what you should do if you were at KubeCon and you think there was a breakout thing. What you should do is you should go to softwaredefinedtalk.com and uh, join the Slack. And then go into the Slack and the channels and to be like, okay, I was at KubeCon and this is the breakout star. And if you, uh, if you give us some ideas, I'll make sure to like, you know, uh, if you'll crowdsource this a little bit, if you saw something that was legitimately great, like don't, don't put in there like Docker, don't put like, like don't put in something <laughs> like, oh, you're not going to believe it. This container technology is taking off. I want something like under the radar. People are like, you don't, you, you didn't see it, but like, this is going to be, I, I, this I, I is probably just thing. missed it. I missed it. Cause you know, cause clearly uh, Matt was, he was running. That's what he was doing. He was out running and he missed yeah. the early morning, the early bird birds of the feather, uh, meet up where like nobody even knew what was happening. There's going to be a picture in 10 years. They're going to be like, there are three guys, probably guys, unfortunately, or three people in a room. And they're like, yep, this is where this new initiative was dawned. Right. So, uh, uh, so join the Slack. All right, Matt. Well, I have a question as we wrap up here. Um, this was a long flight. So I don't know how, like, is it further to go? I, I should probably know the answer to this question by now. Like, is Sydney to Amsterdam longer than Sydney to Detroit? Like, how, how many hours does it take to get to Amsterdam? Yeah, Amsterdam is going to be a long haul. Uh, I think to go to Amsterdam, I'll probably end up flying through Singapore or um, uh, uh, somewhere in the Middle East. Like Dubai or something. So, yeah, so you think Dubai. that's going to be more than 16 hours? You think that'll be like, maybe that'd be 20? I think it'll be more than 16 hours. All right, well, yeah. if all Oof. goes well for everyone listening, we're going to try to send Matt Ray even further for the next conference. Right now, I guess the, the potential uh, contender will be KubeCon Amsterdam. I don't know what I'll would be Cote's further. House. <laughs> maybe uh, like Finland. I don't know. We'll have to look at the map. We'll have to, I may have to get the globe out, but like maybe something in like Helsinki. Maybe that would be as far as you could literally go. Um, but, uh, but Matt has, uh, you know, he, he wants to go, he wants to travel as you heard at the beginning, he, you know, 16 hours in a metal tube. He, you know what? He Brilliant. quietly does his high knees in, in the, uh, in the galley, if you will. So that's, that's me. All right, Matt. Well, listen, this is, uh, if you've enjoyed this show, uh, we really appreciate it. And if you would like to subscribe to it, you go to softwaredefinedtalk.com. Uh, there you can uh, subscribe to the podcast. You can join the Slack. Uh, you can um, also join the YouTube channel where you can watch a live stream of this where you can kind of see Matt. Actually, looks pretty fresh, actually. You look pretty fresh. I, mean, <laughs> I was about to see your kind of over, not at all. And uh, we'll say uh, this show was sort of sponsored by our good friend Jordy because he gave you a microphone. Like you somehow you, you uh, flew, yep. uh, whatever, 20,000 miles to, to do a podcast and bring a mic. But Jordy stepped in. So we appreciate him uh, hooking us up. Um, and of course, if you would like a sticker, all you have to do is uh, send your postal address to stickers at softwaredefinedtalk.com, and I will be happy to send you a sticker anywhere in the world. And with that, we will see everyone at the next conference. Bye-bye. I had Detroit-style pizza from what I assume was a local chain. They said, you know, D- Detroit's own, and uh, I don't remember the brand. I'll have to go find the box or whatever, but uh, uh, it was really good. Okay. All right. Well, everybody should early recommendation when you're in Detroit, eat Detroit style pizza. I think this is the first time I've logged into the YouTube during the show.